You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Our last scripture reading today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. And verse 67, it begins by saying, And his father. Who's his father? Well, it's referring to, in context, John the baptizer. John the baptizer's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Now, as we um, investigate our reading that we had this morning, in fact, all of the readings that we've had this morning, um, I want to ask, what are you hearing um, as people seek to finish their conversations with you this week? What are you hearing as those conversations come to an end? Um, what sort of sending have you received? Um, you know, have you been getting the, uh, the happy holidays? You know, the season's greetings? You know, they're the safe, secular sendings, aren't they? In today's, you know, that's what you get on service. Seasons, greetings. What, they, what does that even mean? Uh, and then, you, or there's this one. This is like the really safe athe atheist, atheist sending, right? Enjoy the break. Just like, heaven forbid, I say Christmas. That means I'm saying Christ and Mass. And if I really have to research that, then I'm in all sorts of trouble. Or then there's this one. This is one of my favorite ones. Happy Christmas. And it's my favorite because it tells you a little bit about, a little bit about that person. You know, they think that Mary sounds a little bit too alcoholy. They think that this is like a safe Christian thing to say. Happy Christmas. Um, and I'm, just, I'm quite happy to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's okay. You know, you can have a red wine this Christmas. Jesus turned the water into wine, not the other way around. But what have you been hearing this Christmas? Well, today's passage, we're going to hear a story about how it might be able to make all the difference to your Christmas or someone else's as you say to them, have a thoughtful Christmas. Have a thoughtful Christmas. 
Have a thoughtful Christmas. See, today's story of this man, Zachariah, shows how this encouragement, have a thoughtful Christmas, can lead to praise, joy, hope, freedom, and a deep knowledge of the one true God. Have a thoughtful Christmas. But to get there, to know this experience of this man, Zechariah, in this story, what Kirby read for us and what's on the back of your handout today, we need to go back to the start. We need to meet this man, Zechariah, who utters these words that we have had read before us today. We need to discover what's been going on with what we've just read. Who is Zechariah? Do you know this Zechariah? Well, let me tell you a story. A long, long time ago in a Jerusalem far, far away. Uh, this time in history is that uh, it's right now, you know, as uh, these uh, nine months before these words have been uttered, uh, it's a time in history where Roman rule is now in full force across the ancient Near East. Taxes are high, morality is low, uh, the people, God's people, everyone is feeling the pressure of this Roman power. Uh, and for God's people, it's also a pretty hard time. God's been quiet. Those who normally would have had a prophet or a voice from God to guide them, they have not had anything for the last 400 years. But this absence of immediate guidance doesn't mean they're doing nothing. You see, enter in Zechariah. He tells us about what's still going on for the people of God at this time. We know from Luke chapter 1, if you take a little bit of time to read the start of this gospel, this biography of Jesus, it will tell you that Zachariah is, he works as a priest. His family lineage, in fact, means that he and his wife come from a priestly line, which means that his job description is already written for him as he's born. Like his name is very priestly. It means God remembers. And right now, Zachariah's like, well, God hasn't been remembering much because I'm still doing this job. And where's God? So I don't know what he remembers. Anyway, for Zechariah, being a priest means taking care of the temple, doing the temple duties. He gets to go and you know, help look after the meeting place between man and God. Now, being a priest means that Zechariah, he has a pretty good knowledge of God's laws. He has a good knowledge of God's character as revealed in the Holy Scriptures. And he has a pretty good understanding of God's plan for this world. Zechariah is a priest. Zechariah is also a husband married to Lovely Esther. Sorry, sorry. That's my wife, Esther. Isn't she amazing? I think. Sorry, we digress. Married to our wonderful Elizabeth, Pride and Prejudice, and they are childless, which maybe uh, today it might be a trendy or personal or financial decision for those that live in the modern West, be childless. But in their context, stigma. In their context, no kids. You're doing something wrong. Zachariah and Elizabeth. You see, kids are your livelihood in their day and age. Kids are your future. Children are important to the generational heritage, those that are going to love and serve God. Children are a blessing. So Zachariah is a priest. He's a husband. And lastly, we know he's an old man. He's an old man with no blessing. But one thing does fall into Zachariah's favor, we learn in Luke chapter 1. What happens to old Zachy boy? Well, his number gets called in a good way for Mr. Priestman. His number gets called. You see, for a priest, 
in his, in his time, one of the highest honors was that you got to have your name pulled out of the hat and you, did, you got to go to the temple to change the incense. Like, this is big. Like, getting to change the incense, like, not every priest will get to do this in their lifetime. And if you do get to do this, you only get to do it once. So now, for old Zaki boy, as one born into the family line to be a priest, one who gets this call to go and do this religious duty, this moment, this is big. See, for old Zachariah, this is as close to God as he'll ever get. Big moment for Zaki boy. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. He knows that from the Psalms. He knows that a day in God's courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. His whole life has been building up to this. And he knows from his reading of Scripture that being a doorkeeper to the Lord is better than dwelling in the house of iniquity in the world. And Zaki's name gets pulled. Yeah, he says, as he goes home to Elizabeth, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? Going to go change some incense. He was excited, guys. He was excited. This is a big day for this man, Zachariah. How does his big day play out? How does his big day play out? Important context for what we're, where we're going. Well, he does the duty. The text tells us, it says, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And this is what happens. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. Appropriate response, if you ever see an, the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, <laughs> just, just an angel rocks up. <laughs> this is terrifying. Why this angel? Keep reading. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink strong wine or drink, and he, must be, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. What? And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Now this, this is mental. Did you catch that? Like, are you reading this story? Like this happened, so I'm going to get rid of my notes. There we go. Here's old Zachariah in the temple burning the incense, doing his thing. Change the incense out. You know, everyone's out the back praying for him because, you know, he could come out, he could die in there. He's like in the presence of the Lord. He had to, there was a lot of work that to go for him to get in there. Change the incense. It's like, okay, that looks, looks pretty good. Okay. Gonna, well, while I'm here, I guess I'll pray a quick prayer. God hasn't seemed to have heard me before. What does he pray? I think the text gives us a bit of a clue. 
uh, Lord, I've changed your incense. Uh, do you remember those few times that my wife and I prayed for a kid? And then there's an angel standing next to the altar of incense. There's an angel standing next to the altar of incense. Like, what's, what's going on there? This is insane. And the angel is just like, what up, Zach? Your baby, you're going to have a baby now. The Lord has heard your prayer, and here's your baby's job description. It's already written for him. LinkedIn, sorted. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Zachariah's like, okay, sounds good. He will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah. I have read about Elijah. Interesting. That's, uh, that's, that's not insignificant. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Wow. Okay. The disobedient will also be redirected. They'll repent to the wisdom of the just. And all this, why? To make ready a people for the make ready for the Lord a people prepared, a people ready for the Lord. Significant much? How might you have responded to the visitation, to an angelic presence telling you that your offspring is going to be the pre-show entertainment and master of ceremonies for the second coming of Jesus? This is what John is trying to comprehend right now. Oh, sorry, Zechariah is trying to comprehend about John. I don't know how you would have responded, but this is how Zechariah responds. We read in the text, Zechariah, the priest, the guy who, who has a pretty good knowledge of God's law, the guy who has a pretty good grasp of God's character, the guy as a priest who has a family lineage, which basically means A plus on the exam of what is God's plan for this world. This is Zechariah's response. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Basically, he says, oh, how can I be sure? Lots to take in there, Mr. Angel. Gabe, can I call you Gabe? Yeah, I'll call you Gabe. Gabriel, sounds, sounds pretty good, too good to be true here, Mr. Angel. Like, I'm pretty old and set in my ways. I don't know if I can take in this new information. Like, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. And the angel's response... That's not in the text. I'm just picturing like Gabriel, just like, because look what he says. He's like, the angel answers him. I'm Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. <laughs> I'm Gabriel, man. I stand in the presence of God. I've come, like, I'm a messenger from God. Like, I'm the original blues brother, you know? And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, so Gabriel's going to do something about this. going to do something about this, Zechariah. Behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Okay, angel versus Zechariah. Zechariah gets ascending. <laughs> angel, he's like, well, excuse me. I've just come from the heavenly throne room of God, presence of God, to give you a message, Mr. Zechariah. And your response to me is, prove it. Well, Zach, can I call you Zach? How about this? How about you think about this? 
How about you think about what I've just said? How about you go have some quiet time in your room, young man? And you are young compared to me, angel. I've given you the message. You're the priest. Connect the dots. Go home, read your Bible, quiet time. Think, Zachariah. Don't brush this aside. Time for you to now think. Think. Have a think about what I've said and what you already know, Mr. Zachariah. Have a thoughtful Christmas. End scene. <clears throat> Maybe that was the greatest Christmas present for Elizabeth, having a husband who can't talk for nine months. I don't know. Um, but we pick up again in the story nine, nine months and at least nine days later. And it's the time is, it, we read in verse 57 of Luke chapter 1, it says this. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. <laughs> Who would have thought? And her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the, ch the child and they would have, called his, would have called him Zachariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, no, he should be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives are called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. He can't talk. He asked for a writing tablet and he wrote, what old Zachariah write? Did he stay aligned with the cultural norms, signing in his own name? You know, did he do what everyone expected, what everyone wanted? Nope. Zachariah, he's had some time to think, hasn't he? Zachariah has reflected on what he's heard throughout his life and what he already knows. So time to think about what this angel has said. And Zechariah writes, his name is John. His name is John. Verse 63, and they all wondered. And immediately, immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke. How did he speak? What did Zechariah say? After nine months of silence, nine months of reflecting on God's purposes, plans and presence in this world, what does it say? He says he spoke blessing God. What did he say? He sung. You've got the words on your little leaflet out there from verse 66, verse 68. He says, praise be to the Lord God of Israel because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Verse 69, he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us to show mercy to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And the song goes on. It's all there. I encourage you to read it again. But Zachariah, what's he saying here? Well, his time of silent retreat was time to link some scriptural truths. And now 
he's realized he didn't need any more proof from this angel. He just need to th needed to think about what he already had. And how do we do, how do we, how do we see this expressed in our passage today? What's in our reading to give this away that this is what Zachariah has been doing for these last six months? How do we know this? Have a look again at his prophetic poetic praise. All of it, all of it, every line in this poetic praise that now pours forth from this once muzzled minister is founded in scripture and Bible promised of God centuries before. Every verse. Zechariah, it says, before he gets, before he even says anything, it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a fulfillment of prophecy from the book of Joel. And it shall come to pass that I will pour all spirit on my flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And then Zechariah says, praise be to God, the Lord God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He links the character of God revealed in Psalm 111 that he already knew. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Zechariah says, verse 69, he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of our servant David. He's realized that his son is paving the way for God's plan, for the character of God revealed in Jeremiah 23. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. Whoa, it's not a trumpet. It's all right. We won't get too excited. When I'll raise up for David the righteous branch and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Do you have your readings there and your handout and your leaflet this morning? Maybe you were confused before thinking, hold on, I thought this was a Christmas Eve service. What's all this Old Testament stuff that we're reading? I've got no idea what this is all about. Yeah, some of you were thinking that. Like, why is Brawny reading Malachi? Talking about fat calves. Read the prophecy. Read the words of Zechariah. Do you see each one of these Old Testament words of truth and insight, each are infused into Zechariah's praise and proclamation of the purposes, promises, and power of God? See, the prophecy and praise of Zechariah here in Luke 1, it's a pastiche of some of the most anticipated words of foreknowledge for God's people and for us today. each one of them pointing to this moment. Another revelation confirming the character and control of God, that he keeps his promises, that he has a rescue plan, that he shows mercy, that he gives direction to his people and their lives. Can you sense the anticipation now and the excitement of what Zechariah now realizes for his first Christmas? Do you get a feel for that? In his first words after being silenced for nine months? See, Zechariah, even his own name, Zechariah, Hebrew, God remembers. He's now remembering what God promised centuries past, the great promises of God. And now his feet a skipping in joy, praise, glory, hope, and a deeper knowledge of God. 
And all this because of a thoughtful time of reflection of what he's already read and heard before. So what about you? Should I send you off this weekend saying season's greetings? Let you have a casual, dismissive, oh, I've heard all this Christmas and Jesus stuff before, but I'm just too set in my ways to really think about it. Or should I send you off to this weekend saying, have a thoughtful Christmas. Have a thoughtful Christmas. That perhaps you might go and think about all the information, all the information that you've accumulated over your whole life about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and Christmas. Have a thoughtful Christmas. Have a thoughtful Christmas so that you can go away and think about even the words that you've just heard today. Have you been listening? Yes, Lord, we greet thee. Born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Have a thoughtful Christmas. Hark, the herald, angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's what Jesus brings. Are you on his team? You and his family? You received his grace? Peace on earth and mercy milds. God and sinners reconcile. That is such good news. God and sinners reconciled. Have a thoughtful Christmas. Don't brush this off. Let this brew within. The thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. That's a new day. That's a fresh start. And God's mercies are new every morning. Fall on your knees Hear the angels' voices, O night divine, when Christ was born. Have a thoughtful Christmas. And maybe you say, well, uh, you know, what I've heard today is not directly coming from an angel, Louis, so therefore it's ignorable. Nice try, but no, don't ignore these words. I'm not an angel. You haven't seen it. Oh, Mark's a bit angelic, actually, you know, singing those songs. But an angel is simply a messenger. That was his job. He was a messenger. And the message you've heard today is the same that those messengers first brought. So I want to invite you today. I would love to send you out today and say, have a thoughtful Christmas. Have a thoughtful Christmas. Why? Because I want you to experience what Zechariah and Candace and Esther 
and Mark and Kirby and myself and Joash and many others here already know. Salvation from Jesus in the forgiveness of sins, which he freely gives us because of the tender mercy of God, which leads to praise, joy, hope, freedom, and a deeper knowledge of the one true God. Have a thoughtful Christmas. How are you going to go with that? If you're me sitting out there, if I'm sitting out there, I'm just thinking, when am I going to do that? How am I going to find time to do that? I've got to bring the salad, man. I'm on drinks. I don't have time for a thoughtful Christmas. Well, hey, how? Here's our Christmas gift to you. We're going to do something that this world thinks is super weird, but we're just going to pause. Two minutes. I want to invite you into a time of silent reflection. Not nine months. It's okay. You know, well, no, no, not even nine days. No, it's two minutes. I'd love to invite you to read over the words that are in your little leaflet and handout. Perhaps it can be an exercise where as you read through those Old Testament readings, you do exactly what Zechariah did and you make some pretty profound transcendent connections about what God is doing in this world and what we're celebrating this weekend. Two minutes. I want to invite you into that space. Use it as a time of meditation, reflection, drawing near to God and the promise that he draws near to you. And maybe you'll find that on the other side of that quiet, you might want to have the same posture as Zechariah and sing joy to the world. So I'm just going to step aside. I'm saying over to you, God, and over to you guys to draw near to God. And after some silent time, Joash is just going to segue that with some music on the piano, and then we'll close our service today in singing. And I hope that when you sing this song for the first time, maybe for the first time, it's you're singing it afresh, because like Zechariah, you've joined some dots. And you're like, man, I never thought about that before. This is so much better than... Season's greetings. I'm going to start us off with some prayer. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.